turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 4. I know this is going to surprise you a little bit, but today we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. All over the world, all over the world, on every continent, men and women are rising up this morning and they are celebrating Easter. They're celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ defeated, let me make sure we understand that, that he totally defeated, he totally overcame death, hell, and the grave, and he lives forevermore. His name will always be synonymous with victory. His name will always be synonymous with the resurrection. His name will always be synonymous with those who overcome. Now, we've been preaching about the cross, and it's vital that we understand what Jesus did on the cross, but it's even more vital that we understand what he did when he overcame death, hell, and the grave, and he rose again, and the scripture says that he lives forevermore. And the scripture teaches us this, that because he lives, you and I can live also. The apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55, he says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? I want you to know this, that victory comes after the cross. Victory always follows a cross. If there's a cross that you're carrying, if there's something that is being crucified in your life for the Lord's sake, then be assured of this. There's a resurrection day just around the corner. I want you to hear that again. If there's something in your life that's being crucified, if there's something in your life that's dying, you feel like it's for Christ's sake, you feel like it's being crucified, if there's something that's dying for Christ's sake, be assured of this. Just around the corner, there's a resurrection day. And then just around the next corner, there's a day of Pentecost, where the Spirit of the Lord is being poured out. So don't get discouraged whenever in your life there's things that are being crucified. Don't get discouraged in your life the times when you feel like the burden I'm carrying this cross. Be assured that there's a day of Pentecost that is soon to come in your life. Now up until this point, there had been many sacrifices that were made for sin. Again and again. Lambs being offered on the altar. Bulls being offered. But Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Just the mention of his name, just the mention of his name should bring confidence to your heart. When we talk about Easter, when you breathe the name of Jesus, when you hear the name of Jesus, it should bring an assurance to you that you're going to overcome. It should bring an assurance to you that you're victorious. It should bring an assurance to you that you're going to win. Why? Because we are connected with him. Our hearts have been united with Christ. I have some people, some images that I want to share with you. When you hear these people's names, you typically connect them with something. Sugar Ray Leonard. Obviously, like, uh, duh... What do you connect him with? Champion boxer, right? 
Sugar Ray Leonard was a world champion boxer holding titles in five different weight classes. How about this guy? Richard Petty, seven-time NASCAR champion. He won over 200 races. Our next guy, Terry Bradshaw, was the former quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has four Super Bowl rings, one for each finger. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is an Olympic gold medalist. He has 14 gold medals and two bronze medals in swimming. Next, we have Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan of NBA's Chicago Bulls has six championship rings. I was going to use Bill Russell. Bill Russell for the Boston Celtics, he has 11 championship rings. 11. Out of 12 years, they won 11 championships out of 12 years. Bill Gates. According to Forbes magazine, he is the second wealthiest person in the world with a net worth of $56 billion. Now, why people say, well, why didn't you put him first? Well, he's already gave away $30 billion. Bill's kind of a champion when it comes to finances. But none of these people can compare. None of these people can compare with the one true champion of all times. There's going to be somebody who's going to beat Bill Gates' record of wealth. There's records that we see and people think that will never be beaten. No one will ever run that fast. No one will ever score that many touchdowns and give it enough time and someone rises through the ranks and overcomes that record. But there's a record that will never be defeated. There's someone who will never hold the title of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now I imagine that some of these men's opposition got tired of hearing their names. Can you imagine being a basketball player in the late 50s, or mid to late 50s, and playing the Boston Celtics? And 11 out of 12 years, they win championships. And you just be like, oh, I hate those stinking Celtics. Sugar Ray Leonard, was it when he was fight? was it Roberto Duran that he was fighting? And like the sixth round, the guy just quits? He just stopped. I think it was Duran, but he had been taunting him. He had been, Leonard had been beaten by the guy before, so they have a rematch and they fight again. At the end of the round, he's just like, I've had enough. Because Leonard was taunting him and just kind of getting into his head and tormenting him, as it were. But there's certain names that whenever you hear the name, you just associate it with victory, with a champion. Not everybody liked hearing the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, a few weeks after Easter, there were some religious leaders who got tired of hearing about the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are headed towards their morning prayer meeting. And on their way to the temple, they find a lame man who's been lame since birth. He's begging, and he asks him for alms, alms, alms. And they say, listen, 
Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the scripture says that immediately, boom, like that, his feet and his ankle bones were strengthened. And the guy jumps up, leaps to his feet, starts running through all throughout the temple area, leaping and dancing and rejoicing and praising God. Now, news of this spreads everywhere because every day they would walk by the slain man. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew who he was because he had his place there, right by the gate called Beautiful, the entrance to the temple. And he would lay there and he would beg. And they saw this man who had been there for years be healed. And this is where we pick up in Acts chapter 4, verse 5. The next day, the rulers, elders and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas. I think we heard of those guys' names recently. John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed, whole, complete, lacking in nothing. He is the stone you builders rejected, which have become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved." When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, to stop what? People being healed? To stop the lame walking? To stop people's lives who have been broken being restored? To stop this from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in his name. Then they called them again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourself whether it is right to, in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Lord, we pray you would add a blessing to your word. I pray that the name of Jesus would be exalted in this place. We thank you for that name that's been given whereby men might be saved. We thank you for the name that's above all other names. 
We pray, God, that your name, that the name of Jesus Christ would be lifted up in this house today and in our lives, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you notice what Peter said? They call him to account. The religious leaders of the day called Peter and John in before the Sanhedrin, and it's almost like going into the principal's office. They call him to account, and so Peter says to him, well, listen, you mean if what you want to talk to us about, if what you want to meet with us about, if you want to talk to us about this act of healing of a cripple, the cripple who you walked by every day, the cripple who sat by the gate and day after day after day after day, you walked by and did nothing about. Is that what we're talking about today? I'm not sure if I understand you. Are you saying you want to talk to us about this cripple man who's laid here for years, and if you felt moved, if for whatever reason you felt that generous that day, that you would drop him a couple coins, is that the guy we're talking about? Is that the man who we are talking about? You want to know how he was healed? You want to know why he's no longer begging? You want to know why he's working a job? You want to know why he's productive? Do you want to know why his face is no longer downcast? Do you want to know why he's no longer a burden to society? Do you want to know why his heart is filled with joy? I'll tell you the reason why. Because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done. You want to know why he's walking? Let me tell you and let all of Israel hear it and be very clear that it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that this man was healed. Whom, by the way, he's the one, Caiaphas. He's the one who you crucified. You, you religious leaders, you put him to death. But God raised him from the dead. That's why this man stands before you whole. Can you imagine that? There's all of the religious leaders of the day, the high priest. They were a part of Jesus being crucified. They were active participants in it. Can you imagine how that stung their hearts and how embarrassing it was to them for Peter and John to stand up and say, oh, you want to know why he's healed? You have a question about that. Caiaphas, this Jesus who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead... It's in his name. He's the one who's healed this lame man. And and he goes on to say that Jesus being the stone you builders rejected has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When the religious leaders heard this, they got together and they wanted to try to figure out What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We can't deny the fact. We could say he's lying. We could say it's a myth. But here stands this beggar. He's right here in front of us. Oh, he's like playing basketball and stuff. He's running like the 40-yard dash. And everybody knows that people had to carry him around and he couldn't get around and everybody knew the situation he's in. We cannot deny this miracle that's taking place. So I know what we'll do. 
will tell him not to speak any longer of his name. And I want you to know this. I want you to know that the enemy loves it when you shut up about the name of Jesus. He loves to torment you. He loves to attack you. He loves to bring accusations against you. He loves to bring trials and difficulties in your house so that you'll quit speaking about the name of Jesus. He doesn't want the world to hear the name of Jesus because it's by the name of Jesus that men and women are saved. It's by the name of Jesus that men and women are healed. It's by the name of Jesus that men and women who have absolutely no hope find hope and peace for their lives. And so the enemy will do everything he possibly can. The enemy will do anything that he can to get you to be quiet about the name of Jesus. He'll bring attacks on your home. He'll taunt you. He loves to have some little habit that will rise up so that you'll quit talking about the name of Jesus. He loves to bring on some kind of family problem, some kind of sickness, some kind of difficulty with your kids or with your grandkids so that you'll be quiet about the name of Jesus. The religious leaders, they did not want these people. They said, we got to get these guys to shut up about the name of Jesus. They call them in. And they command them to keep quiet about the name of Jesus. But Peter and John said, you decide what's better. To obey you or to obey God. Because we can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves. We can't stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. I'll tell you what, I believe that the Lord delights that whenever your mouth won't stop speaking about his name. Your neighbors may get tired of it. Some of your family may get tired of it. Some of your co-workers might get tired of it. But I want you to know this, the Lord never gets tired of hearing you bragging and boasting about the Lord. If you're going to boast in anything, you boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. You boast in what he has done for you. You boast in the grace and the mercy that he has poured out in your life and in mine. There is something so very powerful about the name of Jesus. The Apostle Paul clearly states that it is the only name given whereby men might be saved. Every time his name is mentioned, every single time his name is spoken, images of an empty tomb should flash through your mind. You know, there's sometimes people get upset because I know that there's people who take the Lord's name in vain. For you and I, there's certain things that I don't like people cursing at me. That's something that if you and I will have a difficulty if you curse at me. And I don't like, you know this, I don't like them like driving down the road when they give me the I'm number one sign. I don't know why I take it personal. (laughs) People can do other things, but that kind of... But every time you hear his name, I know there's times that, like I say, the, the scripture says not to take the Lord's name in vain. Even when people say his name and cursing, you know what should fly through our mind? Images of an empty tomb. Oh, wait a minute. Jesus. An empty tomb. Wait. A stone that's been rolled away. He's no longer there, my friend. He has risen from the dead. And because he lives, you and I can live also. When you and I are sick in our bodies, we need to hear and mention the name of Jesus. And what should flash through our minds? The stripes upon his back. 
And the word reminds me that it's by his stripes you were healed. It's already done. So when you're sick in body, what do we do? We mention the name of Jesus. Whenever there's a fear or an anxiety that you're dealing with, when there's a storm coming through your life, and you're afraid, and as it were, the clouds are getting dark all around you, mention his name. And images of Jesus coming, walking on the water to his disciples. Images of him speaking to the storm and saying, peace be still. And the disciples standing in awe and wonder, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? What other challenge are you facing in your life? Each time that we hear his name, Images of stories and things that he has accomplished should fill our mind and fill our hearts with faith. It was in the name of Jesus that Paul told the demons that were controlling the young girl to leave her. And they left. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it talks about the sinners that we used to be. But it says in verse 11, but you were washed You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes that because Jesus humbled himself and became obedient, even obedient to death on a cross, that God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. In spite of the threats, they didn't just say, hey guys, you know, we'd rather you knock it off. Later on, we find that they were beaten and they rejoiced. They rejoiced that they could suffer for the name of Christ. In spite of the threats, the disciples refused to quit speaking about and in the name of Jesus. This Easter season, I want to encourage you, and throughout the year, I want to encourage you to speak his name. Declare his name and his mighty works to the people around you. Whenever you're sick in body, speak his name. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, pastor, come on. No, I'm telling you. Speak his name. There's something that rises up in your heart when you speak his name. There's a temptation that's coming your way. Speak his name. Speak his name. There's no temptation that's taking you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He'll provide a way out for you. In the midst of temptation, you speak his name and he will rescue you. Some of you face, you face discouragement. In your mind, you face accusations. The accuser of the brethren doesn't stop. He doesn't take weekends off. About the time you start coming to church and want to raise your hand, what's happened? The accuser of the brethren starts speaking into your ear. Starts making accusations against you. You come, you want to worship, you start to open up your Bible to read it, and here's the accuser of the brethren. He's pointing out all these things about you. Speak his name. Jesus. 
Wait, what do you mean? What does that do? Because that brings to your mind the sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary. He's the champion. He's already won. He's overcome. You're connected with him. That means you're victorious. Just don't change teams. You just got to get on the right team. He's going to win. You're connected to him. So here's the accuser of the brother and coming against you. You speak his name, Jesus. And you're reminded, what happens? In your spirit, your spirit's taken right back to the cross. There he hangs on the cross. Oh, wait a minute. Who can accuse me? It's Christ who justifies. Who can make an accusation against God's elect? Jesus paid the price for my sins. Speak out his word. You have sickness in your body. Speak out his word. It's by his stripes we're healed. You have an addiction. You have something that controls over you. Speak out his name. Jesus. Wait a minute. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within me. It'll quicken my mortal body. Huh. What can addiction do against Jesus? It can't stand against his name. It doesn't have power against his name. Speak his name when you're in trouble. When you're afraid. When it seems like the enemy is going to triumph over you, speak his name. What happens? The Lord comes to your rescue. Just breathe. I'm not trying to be weird or hokey. I'm just telling you, breathe out his name. Try it. You're facing a difficulty. You feel like you're going to be overcome. You're going to be overwhelmed. And you just speak out his name, Jesus. You think as a dad, I'm just an ordinary dad. And you're just ordinary moms and dads. If your kid was in trouble and they called your name, wouldn't you be there? Dad. My family, if my family is in trouble and they need me, I want to be there for them. When you speak his name, it's like his presence is right there in your life. Calling on the name of the Lord. We're getting ready to close. I just want to encourage you in this. I want to encourage you in this that this week, that you start making a practice, not just this week, but throughout your life, that we make a change here today. We've been preaching about the cross. We're coming to an end. We're talking about the name of Jesus, the power of his name. There's no other name given. Just like whenever Roberto Duran hears the name of Sugar Ray Leonard, he's like, that stinking jerk. All the other racers who raced against Richard Petty, they won 200 races. Ah, man. When the enemy hears the name of Jesus, he flees. Demons can't stand against the name of Jesus. Addictions and habits can't stand in the name of Jesus. And the world needs to hear the name of Jesus. Speak his name wherever you go. Not just for yourself, but wherever you go, you take his name with you. People say, man, I got a problem with, let me tell you about Jesus. But I got finances, Jesus. But I got a marriage situation. Let me introduce you to my counselor, Jesus. I think he said something about that. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I have fears. I have anxieties, Jesus. I've been a terrible person. I've made horrible mistakes. I've ruined my life. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. There's no other name. There's no other name. And listen to this. There's other people who have the name Jesus. There's other people around and throughout history who's been named Jesus. But there's only one who's risen from the dead.
And when we speak his name, it's what he has accomplished upon the cross of Calvary and what he accomplished through rising from the dead that is available to you and I as we in faith believe upon his name. As we close, I want to encourage you with this. This week, this month, and this year, can I ask you this, that throughout the day you'll just simply breathe his name? Try it. Well, Pastor, I'm really ticked off at somebody. I'm like, Jesus. Now just speak his name. Oh, wait a minute. If I speak his name, then I'm going to remind what he said about me forgiving people. Ah, oh, crud. I don't want to speak his name. He said 70 times 7. But my wife has him mad. Jesus. Oh, man. And what happens? As we speak his name, God begins to bring back to our mind and our spirits images of things that he has done, that he has said, that he has taught. He begins to fill our hearts with confidence and peace, with assurance. Father God, I thank you today for the name of Jesus. Our Lord, as we celebrate Easter, we celebrate the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I ask you today, Lord, that you would put upon the people's heart. I don't want to be disrespectful or goofy, but just the code name, Jesus. When you're in trouble, just speak his name. When you're afraid, speak his name. When you don't know what to do, speak out his name. Just breathe his name to a world who is lost and who's hurting, who has no hope. They need to hear the name of Jesus. Let us be broadcasters of your name. Lord, be glorified, I pray. And wherever we go, I pray that our lives would glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, Lord, there's no other name. There's no other name. The highest name, there's no other name like your name, Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, Father, for what you've done for us. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.